0: Patrick Mahomes has a $500 million deal that's going to change the landscape of, of future contracts. So, and what's it going to do to Dak Prescott and the deal he's seeking? And we're talking about Raheem Mostert, who's demanding a trade. Does he have any leverage at all? And, and more news and notes. Grant and I have you covered. This is the Fantasy Football Show News Edition. Let's go. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Show.
1: Man, let's go ahead and talk about that Patrick Mahomes 10-year, $503 million deal I got. Man, oh, man. Can yeah. you imagine
0: that? I can't, um, and I won't because I don't want to put myself in that that sad place. But I think what's crazy <laughs> is what does this do for, you know, other quarterbacks like Dak Prescott? What does this do for, like, even George Kittle's contract that's coming? Like, people are just going to be like, wait, wait, wait a minute. You know, I, I can't get paid – and running backs, especially, if this doesn't urge a running back now that that was tempted to just like Dalvin Cook to just maybe try and bluff his way into a, a potentially a, a new deal, but you know probably going to come back when push comes to shove. If this doesn't push one or two of those running backs in the direction of you know what, screw that, I'm not playing for 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 two three million dollars when a guy like Patrick Mahomes can can get five oh three four seventy seven million guaranteed. I don't know what's going to, I don't know what's going to happen, man.
1: It's definitely reset the market. I was listening. I can't remember where I heard it the other day, but I think a great point that was actually brought up is that maybe just eliminating um, the quarterback pay against the salary cap, just so it could reset and it won't just completely hinder teams for these monster deals, because it's kind of like when you get a Tom Brady, a Peyton Manning, Patrick Mahomes, you've got to give them the keys to the castle in order to, and really have a, a chance to win because very rarely, in my opinion, do you have, you know, the Trent Dilfers, those kind of quarterbacks win Super Bowls. So if you don't have an elite guy, statistically, you really don't have a good chance of winning a Super Bowl. So you've got to be able to give them the keys to the castle in order to really put yourself in position to win. Yeah,
0: but but that yeah, I don't see that happening myself. But I think that you know, what does this do for the Chiefs building for the next ten years? What does this do for, um, what does this do to the team? Like, if if they don't play a full season, you know, like how how is the team going to be able to? I, I don't even know how that's going to work when a team like Kansas City, let's say the season gets postponed and we only have like an eight game season, like what happens?
1: Right. So I was, so I was looking at his contract. So like for uh, in twenty twenty uh, for this year, he's only going to still get paid two to three million a year. And then in 2021 he gets between 25 and 27 million depending on, you know how well he does. And then from there that's when it kicks into the 45 or 47 million dollars a year that he's going to get. So it's it's basically middle to backloading the contract. And then he gets a 50 million dollar signing bonus in 2022, which I don't believe goes against the cap on the signing bonus. So it's one of those deals that they're not in a bad position for the first two years. They're going to moving from year three to ten obviously that's definitely going to hinder him because considering you're going to want to re-sign Tyreek Hill you know in four or five years of Clyde Edwards Solaire works out you're going to have to pay him um, you know of course getting out of the Sammy Watkins contract which will help because that will release what 14 million or so against the cap um, you know you're going to have to, You know, what are they going to do with Chris Jones in, in his situation but I mean, you can't keep franchise tagging him over and over so it, it's it's going to put them in a tight spot later down the road, but I don't think in the next two or three years it, it will affect them in the short term, but then overall in the long run, it, it'll
0: yeah, be Yeah. And, and it looks like it's, it's, it's kind of hard to break down this contract, but I think it went, it goes from 140 million guaranteed to like 40, 477 million guaranteed with some guaranteed like mechanisms. They call it into the contract, but but that's crazy. This deal's five hundred three, and there's mechanisms in there to make it almost the full five hundred three four hundred seventy seven million. Um, that's crazy, you know. I, yeah. I just
1: I read a I
0: re- go
1: ahead. Yeah, I read I read a stat that he has to win the MVP every year and win the Super Bowl every year to get the five hundred three. So let's face it; he's not going to get the five hundred
0: three, yeah. but he still gets. Getting- but- I but even know. 140 million, like if that's fully guaranteed, no matter what, that's just. I mean, what is a guy like Dalvin Cook going to say? You know, he's holding out already, and and you got guys like Mixon who potentially want to hold out. These running backs get nothing compared to these quarterbacks, and I I I understand why you get paid a a lot more. But this isn't even like you can't even comprehend. It's yeah, it's it's back. not even the same you know universe. It's 100. 503 million versus a running back that that literally in their prime, they potentially are at that tipping point where they they fall off, but in their prime struggle to even get somebody to look at them for multiple years, let alone one big year. It's just, that's, it's just insane. I don't know what it's going to do to the landscape of contracts moving forward, but it's certainly going to make it very difficult for teams to convince players to sign at the price they're probably willing to pay because Casey just this is this is out of control but but we'll see we'll see what happens with Dak um what do you project Dak's gonna get when the time comes I think it's probably gonna be
1: closer to seven years I don't know he's probably gonna want 40 million a year at least probably 45 so what's probably seven year, 300 million probably is probably what he's going to try for, but I don't, I don't think he will you know, win.
0: that will, if that happens, that'll be a good thing that it re kind of recalibrates that, that expectation. Cause if a guy actually signs for, you know, 300 million after a guy that signed for five Oh three, it's going to at least make people go, look, you're not Pat Mahomes, bro. You can get the two or 300, exactly. 300, but let's, let's stop. Let's stop thinking. We can just up the next, the, the next amount each time we sign a deal. Um, What's yeah? I'm trying to think here. Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russell Wilson makes like 15 million less a year, right? Somewhere around that range. I
1: believe something like that.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Uh So Mostert's demanding a trade. Here's one of those running backs we're talking about now. Raheem Mostert, who who I I said I'm not sure if you saw this on my live. I said it on IG and YouTube, but Mostert is like that guy in the office that that's typing up that TPS report and he's killing it. He's doing a great job. And in the middle, he hasn't even finished his first TPS report in the middle. He slams down his pen, stands up and says, I demand a raise or I'm not finishing this TPS report. Like that's what mostards. That's what his leverage looks like. Mostard doesn't have any leverage. I don't know what he's thinking. If he's just using COVID and this, this time off anyway, to try and see if he can get a, get a contract extension. But he doesn't have the track record yet at all to to command this. He's playing. He didn't have a 1,000 yards. The 49ers, I forget how many yards Mostert had. It was like, what, 800, something like that? Let me, let me look it uh, up. He really rushed quick.
1: for 772 yeah. yards and 10 touchdowns yeah. last year.
0: like I get it. The argument is, hey, he didn't get fully unleashed until later on. I, I get that point. But the 49ers are notorious for rotating running backs. They didn't have a 1,000-yard rusher last year, yet they were second in the league in rushing, I believe. That that to me spells that they're not worried about paying one running back. And so Mostert has like zero leverage in this. And it's just crazy, his stance. I think it's his agent's stance more than his. But his stance, his hard-line stance, when he literally has not even played a season. You know, D- Drake is, I guess, an example of somebody you could say, well, what about Drake? Drake in Arizona um, got a, a, I think it was $8 million one-year tender um, but that one-year tender is, is you know, they wanted to keep him. They wanted to make sure no one else took him away, and they slapped that on him. They're not giving him any kind of long-term extension coming off of half of a year last year, and, and he, knew, he knows that. He didn't hold out. So I don't know what Mostert's thinking here. And he's also 28 years old, which is the exact age of Devonta Freeman, who someone in my chats, like, when I said, you know, Freeman could go to the Niners if Mostert were to leave. And someone's like, exactly Freeman's right. old old and washed up well he's the same age as Mostert; they're both 28 that's what's crazy because everybody knows
1: once a running back hits you know age 30 it's all downhill from there i mean you'll have rarities adrian peterson frank gore those 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 guys just don't happen but once a blue moon so you got to figure when he's 30 he's he's basically done uh so I just can't imagine what really is going on in his mind right now because I think in 2020 this is the the salary he's getting right now he's getting 2.57 million in 2020 and he gets 2.875 in 2021 of the four running backs they've got on their roster he's the least paid of the four. So but also people forget that they traded for Jarrett McKinnon last year which he didn't play cuz he was hurt all year. But McKinnon is scheduled to make seven point five million this year. Kyle Yousechek, the fullback, gets five point two five, and Tevin Coleman gets four point five million this year. And I think, from what I'm reading, is that most – because he knows he's going to be the starting quarterback, he just wants to be back. paid what Tevin. He just wants to get maxed what Tevin Coleman's getting paid at four point five.
0: Yeah, and it's not, again, there's no it's, leverage. Yeah, if that's all he wants, maybe they, they make it happen. But they're not going to make anything happen until they lock up George Kittle because they want to make sure they have what they need for him. I, Absolutely. I, I I just think with Wilson, with with Coleman, like they have a ton of running backs, and that's what they want. That's what they. So most are. I know everybody's high on them, and, and I am too, to the extent that you're putting a guy that that shows a lot of explosiveness and, and ability to shift, and I uh, like his style. Like he's smooth and fast and quick. Uh, put him in the second best rushing offense in the league. You're going to get numbers. I like it. But the problem is out of all the running backs that are in his position where you think, oh, this could be the big year for him. Uh, he's probably on the shortest leash because the 49ers love to rotate running back. So if he has a bad week, you know, one, and he struggles in week two, by week three, he won't be getting starter touches. Whereas a guy That's exactly f- right. like, you know, like Drake, they're going to give more time. It's just they're It, it's just tough for me to see the Forty Nineers giving him much. Maybe they can do something really small, and that's all he wants. He just wants, you know, and, and maybe he's, he's bluffing anyway. So you take anything. But I just don't. I, other than like four or five million or something like that, or or giving him some front-loaded incentive, additional like they can add some incentive-based numbers to it, you know, and, and just modify it that way. I could see that happening, but I there's no way. A team, a player at 26, 27 has a, a tough time getting a new three-year big contract. There's no way a guy that's going to turn 29 years old in April of next year, uh, they're not paying him big, big money. They're just not. Like, it sucks because Mostert is very talented, and it, it sucks that it's taken him this long to get to this point. But that's, that's the facts are the facts, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's just kind of – might be a little SOL on that deal, but it just – I, it just kind of is what it is he's, he doesn't have leverage and we'll kind of see what they end up doing
0: yeah i mean he's <laughs> just looking at his his career stats he's been all over the place too you know cleveland miami baltimore chicago then with sam fran uh been been in the league for i don't know if these stats go all the way back but I, you know since 2015 so entering you know yes, yeah, so 2015 i i don't think he ever had more than six carries until 2018 when he got 34 carries you know so right he was always
1: uh they everybody loved he was primarily signed as a special teams guy right and his his workload or playload for the year was probably i'm you know guessing off the top of my head 200 250 plays a year not 550 to 600 snaps if he was going to be a full-time running back so that's probably why he was only in that 2.5 million range because he wasn't playing, but 250, 300 snaps a year.
0: Yeah. And, and again, not getting unleashed until, I'm looking at his game log here. I mean, he was used though in week one. He was used in week two, 13 rushes, double digit rushes in weeks two and three. They had a bye week in week four. um, And then, you know, he, he had like seven, four, zero, nine, one, six, six, six. Then in week 13, it was all double di- digit carries from that point on, but it wasn't like he wasn't used or didn't like have an opportunity or something like that. Or like, they just found out he's, he's, you know, the starter, but then getting 19, 10, 14, 11, 10, let me add up. I'll, I'll let you comment on that. While I add up the math on this, I want to, I want to prorate what he do from week 13 on But go ahead. Right. He, he just,
1: he played a little bit for the most part, but, when he got his opportunity, absolutely shine. But, you know, I think it's they love to rotate running backs so much that, you know, I don't I don't specifically know where to go with it. He just he shines when he's on the field, but he's he,
0: We'll just kind of see what
1: Kyle Shanahan wants to do in that offense with him.
0: Yeah, so he was on pace for 212 yards if you just look at his weeks 13 through. Seventeen and extra extrapolate that it would have been a twelve hundred yard season. Now he had against Green Bay in Week Twenty, the playoffs, two hundred twenty yards and, what was it the four touchdowns? Wow, do you remember that? It was it was a lot. I don't remember the four touchdowns. I remember the two hundred and like two, but wow, yeah, I did, I that's great. That's crazy. I thought
1: he only had two or three. I didn't recall that he had four. Four touch.
0: Wow, he had four touchdowns. He had, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, being, I'm quite impressed looking at his game log right now. I've got a, a bit. Uh, from week 12 on, he scored a touchdown in every single game except for in week 19 of the playoffs where he had, he had no touchdowns and just and that's a 50 what yards. kind of
1: scares me. I'm trying to do this off memory, but on those last few weeks of the season, he had like 56, 57, 40, 60-something yards. You know, he didn't have a lot of high-volume numbers. He was completely T D dependent. I want to say he had yeah. like six or eight touchdowns in his last eight or four games.
0: Yeah, it was very touchdown. Like looking at his game log, like you're right. It's fifty-eight. Someone to go backwards from week twenty-two back. So Super Bowl back. Um, so Super Bowl he had fifty-eight yards, one TD. Then he had two hundred and twenty yards and four TDs. Then he had fifty-eight and zero. Um, by week and week eighteen in the playoffs. Fifty-seven and two. 53 and 1, 54 and 2. Or no, I'm sorry, 54 and 1, 69 and 1, 146 and 1, 45 and 1. So, literally 40, 69, 54, 53, 57, 58, 58, and then the two 100 yard right. games. So, you're right. You're right. He's, you know, earlier in the year, he had 83 yards in week two and 79 in week three. Those are better rushing games than those than all the other games that he had the rest of the season, except for the two 100-yard games. We had 146-1 and against Baltimore, which is a great game, and then against the Packers in the playoffs, 220-4. and So, I mean, you're right, volume-dependent, touchdown-dependent, and dependent on a team to use him fully when they rotate historically. It's tough. Yeah, he's in a tough spot. Yeah. All right. Um, and uh let's see if there's any other pieces of news out there that we can touch on. Um I think the the Redskins are changing their logo, which is interesting. Yeah. Um I have a feeling that's gonna have a mixed bag mixed reaction. Um people are are historically gonna gonna to wanna to see it stay the same. There's gonna be people that want the change. I, I get both sides. Um so it'll be interesting what they choose. What's the, what's the name that they're leaning towards? The uh,
1: last time I read it was the Warriors, the Washington Warriors. So they're going to still use the same, you know, crimson and gold, you know, paint scheme or uh, team colors. Yeah, yeah. but they're not, uh-huh. but obviously they're the Redskins logo is no more. And, and from what I'm hearing, it's, it'll be the Warriors, but I'm not exactly sure what kind of, you know, picture or logo they'll use with it.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I'm excited to see what they come up with, but I know it's going to, People are are going to either love, or, love it or hate that's it. That's exactly right. Be. Yeah, there
1: half the people are going to like. Exactly right. Half the people are going to love it. Half the people are going to hate it.
0: Yeah, it seems to be every topic going on right now in the NFL. Um, there's so much divide everywhere, and and there's a, there's so much controversy around like coronavirus. Even like people think that that's overblown, or it's you know the biggest risk ever. I, I don't know very many people in the middle on anything anymore. Right, everybody's got strong it's,
1: opinions. It's,
0: it's one extreme or the other, and everybody's angry at each other. That's right. So I'm trying to find my way to the middle, so I can just hug it out with everybody. <laughs> uh, and Figure out a way to, to 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 I don't know, speak about it in ways that that don't offend everybody on each side, because literally that's that's my job. So, um, all right, Grant, that does it for this news edition. Right. Uh, next podcast will be mid-round wide receivers, so look for that. Sounds good you're listening to the fantasy football show get on over to grant land part two that's the number two my co-host here grant that's his site go support him follow him